Welcome to SwissUp, the podcast about Swiss innovation and entrepreneurship. We interview founders and people who helped make Switzerland the most innovative country in the world. With more than 80 companies working in the drone sector, Switzerland has become a hub for the drone industry. In this episode of SwissUp, I sat down with Patrick Tevos, who is the CEO of Flyability. Flyability builds safe drones for inaccessible places and the aim is to make industrial inspection and exploration safer, quick and economic. Now a scale-up, Flyability was founded in 2014 and it currently employs 75 employees. They won numerous awards such as the Drones for Good Award and have been in the top 4 of the top 100 Swiss startups since 2015. In this episode, we talk about Flyability's mission and the global drone industry. We also talk about Switzerland being a hub for drones, the need for change in the current tax regulations for startups, and the story of growing from two founders to 75 employees. In this episode, we also discuss about the importance of having role models and on building credibility and legitimacy for young businesses. And finally, Patrick shares his experience of being a CEO and on shaping the future of a fast-growing company. I hope you enjoy our discussion and I invite you to share it around to fellow friends and entrepreneurs. This is Crystal from SwissUp talking with Patrick from Flyability in their offices in Lausanne. Hello, um, Patrick. So we are here in your offices in Lausanne. So thank you very much for uh, having me. Thank you. So um, it would be great to start about, you know, flyability, uh, your mission. So first of all, if we talk about how it was funded. So it's your co-founder, Adrien, who was doing his PhD on this topic, I, I assume. Correct. You know, why flyability was funded and what was missing in the market for it to to be funded the the original traction for for like developing a drone like like we did was really looking at uh, a few disasters that happened as we were studying robotics so uh, it was the time of Fukushima the Haiti earthquake and uh, we witnessed the impossibility of robotic solutions from the time to to be able to go into inside those very difficult places to gather information and uh, so that was the original inspiration. Let's try to build robots that are able to go in those places and let's uh, look at how nature is solving this challenge to to be able to uh, to find the, the the solutions to to do that. And so that that was the that was the original uh, um, hypothesis I'd say that Adrian had for for his PhD and that led to development of our of our first prototype. And you were also studying at the PFL or how did Yeah, you indeed. Meet? Okay. All yeah, right. we we were we studied together with uh, with Adrian uh, in microengineering at EPFL. I but as he was doing his PhD, I was uh, I was uh, working in uh, um, uh, strategy consulting. Okay. Uh, so uh, we, we, we split paths at some point to, uh, to get back together uh, at the end of his PhD. Flyability was founded in 2014. So what was the situation with drones um, at this time? Was it as big as now or I assume not? Um, yeah. it was, 
you know, it was the beginning of a of a of a big hype. It was uh, uh, crazy projections of growth. It was a moment where it was really something that everybody was talking about. So it was a it was a great time to to uh, found a drone uh, a drone company. At the same time, there was a lot of you know noise around it, and mm. a lot of people with uh, very uh, uh, wrong ideas of of what could actually be done and within which which time frame. So uh, uh, drones were were the commercial drone space was uh, was starting. Um, the uh, uh, consumer drone space was uh, was starting to really explode at the same time, and drones were really in this transition of moving from. Uh, in purely scary military machines to something that is more much more accessible for everyone. Mm -hmm. Okay, so um, in terms of you know how you differentiate yourself compared to other companies, do, is there any co other companies that does similar things? Uh, you know that build similar drones to yours, really? Right. Um, mm -hmm. So we basically uh, as we as we started we. We created the market segment. We created the yeah. segment for indoor drones. Um, so everything related to flying in places like indoors, where you have a lot of obstacles, where you have uh, a, a very different environment actually from what's going on uh, um, outside when mm -hmm. you're under GPS coverage, uh, um, etc. So, uh, so we were really pioneers uh, and uh, and and creators of this uh, of this uh, of this market. Um, as we as we as we grow in visibility and in uh, uh, in the number of, of, of customers we have, we're growing this industry with us. Uh, there are more and more people looking at the space and mm -hmm. uh, and uh, entering uh, with uh, with new solutions, targeting this particular segment. Um, but when we started, uh, we were really very much the very much the only one with <laughs> with a solution that that was. Uh, um, that was working in those environments, yeah. So that that's how we differentiated really by by creating creating yeah. a, a different segment, uh, very separate from um, from what was being done before. So you you are more like a B B two B business, I would say. Or, Definitely, yeah yeah, 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 yeah. We are only B two B at this yeah. time. Yeah. And in terms of your clients, so who like what like you know in which industries are your clients? So we have over three hundred. Customers right now uh, all over the world. Um, so, first of all, there's two categories of company we work with. So mm -hmm. both, um, I'd say, asset owners or asset operators, or companies were operating plants, factories. Uh, so uh, um, yeah, that could be energy companies, it could be oil and gas super majors, that could be uh, um, mining operators mm -hmm. and things like that. Um, and it can also be inspection companies. So uh, uh, companies who are providing services to those guys, uh, and who can, which can be very large companies or um, you know, very very little ones, but that are providing service on a global or local level um, to 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 run inspections and, and maintenance for those for those customers. And now, in terms of industry, I'd say um, biggest markets for us is power generation, oil and gas, chemicals, um, and then. Uh, following up, we have mining, uh, maritime industry, mm. water systems. So it's a very versatile tool. We're active in pretty much all the industries that have this common problem of I have to send some people in very dangerous environment, which is very inefficient and and dangerous. Obviously. Mm, yeah. So when you started the the company, did you like first target companies in Switzerland or more like? No, no, yeah, no. Because well, I mean, Switzerland is a very small market to us exactly. right now. All right. Um, okay. We we started global from the start. I would say um, our very first customers were actually in Japan. Oh really? So, uh, okay. It was not this was not probably the most <laughs> the most efficient uh, um, uh, you know way to start and to be very close to your customers, but uh, <laughs> but it really helped us. Uh, uh, shape our shape our products. And now today, who which market is your largest? Uh, uh, in terms of geography, our biggest market is in uh, is in the U.S. Oh, we, okay. Yeah. And Switzerland is very small then. Yeah. It's 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 pretty small. Yeah. 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 Indeed. Do you have any examples of how your drones um, are used, or like if you have just one example that comes to your mind, uh, that is like the most useful? Way that your drone is used, right? Yeah. So we're really acting on two um, on two different pillars. So one pillar of safety, one pillar of cost reduction. Um, so uh, safety is linked to 
you know, are we in a in a place in the world where, where safety is paramount, where safety of worker is really important? Uh, what is clear is that all large companies, all global large companies, put this at the top of their priority. Uh, they cannot afford uh, accidents on the workplace, and those the places we go to are often places where where there's a lot of dangers. Um, so um, we, we we've had multiple cases where we've been called and we've been uh, uh, implementing our solutions in places where there had been uh, uh, accidents um, mm -hmm. during the inspection. And, mm -hmm. uh, and so you know scaffolding collapsing, uh, uh, people getting trapped in confined mm -hmm. spaces, things like that. And and this is this is very powerful to for us to be able to uh, to you know keep the workers outside of this place, send the drone, perform the inspection, and and not have any risk for for the people. And it, it it's 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 very important for the people who've seen those type of uh, of, uh, of of incident on the workplace. We usually have a huge traction when when something like that had happened in the past. Mm -hmm. and the second pillar is the cost. Um, so this is where the biggest impact we have is on. Uh, the more, the most ex the more expensive an asset is, the, the more impact we have. So typically, um, assets like nuclear power plants or refineries are places where we can have uh, incredible impact. Mm -hmm. So so we have we had customers reporting uh, um, um, over two million of saving over one single uh, oh, really? over two days of using our, our products uh, by avoiding to uh, um, to um, uh, shut down a plant. That's mm -hmm. that's usually mm -hmm. where the savings are the, are the biggest. So you save by avoiding scaffolding, mm -hmm. avoiding you know putting up a lot of, of equipment inside uh, to to perform the inspection uh, and doing it faster. But uh, the most important um, part of the savings is by not having to uh, or shortening the time when you shut down the the asset. And in in a refinery, in a nuclear power plant, or in any type of power plant, uh, it is it is huge huge savings if you can uh, if you can cut down on the downtime. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so um, you know, in terms of your so drones and the military, so you said that you know you're not selling drones for military purpose, which uh, mm -hmm. which I understand. But what about you know, if it's like soldiers' safety? Yeah. Right. So I mean, we were a huge majority of our market is industrial inspection. Uh, we have a few customers that are um, more in, in in public safety, which yes. can be. Uh, Police forces, firefighters, rescuers. Um, so uh, this is this is also a, a growing business for for us. Um, we have a product that is fairly light, fairly small, uh, and uh, it's technically not feasible to weaponize a, a robot like that. Mm -hmm. And it's something that we would uh, uh, strongly uh, um, opposed to. Yeah. Uh, now, uh, indeed, um, for an observatory mission where you're back in the same use case of I need to get some visual data or some some uh, thermal data or mm. gas readings from an area, and uh, I would need to send someone uh, in a dangerous situation to get this data. Mm. Um, I think you know it's fairly it's fairly reasonable that uh, uh, there might be similar situations in the military, uh, and uh, um, I, I think that uh, reducing the risk taken together this data is something that we would. Uh, uh, we would uh, uh, we would pursue uh, in in all different domains in, mm. indeed. Okay, and you know, in terms of the drones, and for instance, in in uh, industrial inspection. So normally, your customers do they have one drone that they send uh, to the, the the place that they have to explode? Is it like many drones in the same time? Or right? Yeah, it, it depends a lot on how they. Um, um, on how they're organized and how the how the inspection need to take place. Some of our customers are using our drones in emergency situations. Mm. Um, so we have a problem reported at the plant. We need to have a look and see if if, uh, uh, if we can start it uh, again or if if we need to do some uh, some repairs. Uh, in this case, you would probably you know have what's important is the is the is the speed you can deploy the machine. So it needs to be on site. You need to be uh, to have people who know how to use it on site, and uh, and then you would. Kind of have one one drone per side that would be used in case of, of an emergency. Um, and now uh, we also have, as we said, inspection companies that do have lots of jobs and that you know have a certain amount of certain fleet of, of drones that they dispatch depending on the needs for for routine maintenance and mm -hmm. for uh, um, um, scheduled inspections. So it's we have a lot of different business models, and that's what's also very interesting in this in this space that uh, there is no there is no 
you know, set business model. Everybody's innovating, trying things. And um, mm, um, in, I guess in, the few, in, in a few years, we'll start seeing like emergence of uh, things that work and, and market standards. Um, mm -hmm. It's going to be uh, uh, easier uh, for, um, for, for customers and companies alike to, uh, uh, to, to work in a defined way. So just to be clear, your drones are all equipped uh, with the same, um, they are all the same basically. You don't customize your drones depending on your customers. Well, we're always listening to market feedback. Um, okay. I think with the with the maturity of the of the market right now, we are attacking the the most uh, uh, common denominator, the most common needs for inspection, which is visual um, and thermal. Now we are working with customers in different industries uh, to to look at what other sensing technologies might be required, what other constraints, and uh, when we when we identify sufficient. Uh, um, uh, business case, then, um, okay. then we, we work with them towards, uh, um, I would say, um, uh, more targeted solutions. So okay. we, we have a lot of ongoing discussions and uh, uh, a lot of projects on the way, but it's, uh, it's very important that the business case is set right before launching developments. Uh, building a drone is a very difficult thing to do, uh, very, uh, very, uh, the need for reliability is huge mm -hmm. because when you're flying, you cannot afford uh, a single problem. Otherwise, no. you you know you will you will you will fall and crash <laughs> and uh, and and uh, and a failed mission and uh, and a destroyed machine. So uh, the the difficulty of of, of adding things and uh, uh, kind of a, a DIY approach on on flying machine uh, in the industrial space is often uh, is often not uh, not really recommended because of that. Yeah. Okay, so if we move on to, you know, the drone industry today. So, um what are your thoughts, you know, on this on the on this industry? And you know, if we take the example of Atwick Airport, you know, that was uh, immobilized for oh, two yeah. days between because of drones. Do you think drones are dangerous? Some some drones can be dangerous when they are used for military uh, purposes, of course. But like you know what are your thoughts basically yeah i mean we live in a very different world here at flyability because we can fly indoors so yes. uh when we when, when we uh our are crossing the path of a, of a of an airliner it usually means that the airliner is in a pretty bad uh, position already so uh um it's uh it's um it, it's not something that we that uh, that ourselves we we leave uh, um Daily, and this has also helped us a lot so to to develop fast because we are we're subject to very different regulations and often um, um, not subject to uh, to you know airspace type of regulations when no. you're flying inside a yes. inside a plant. Uh, but what we're looking at a Gatwick, what we're looking at uh, was a lot of. Uh, of, of, of cases of people dropping packages inside prisons using drones mm -hmm. is uh, is uh, is eventually I think what happens uh, what happens with new technologies all the time um, I don't right. see drones as a particular uh, uh, particularly uh, uh, difficult threat to manage but as it's as it's uh, 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 growing and Mm -hmm. the infrastructures have to have to have to structure and take the measures to to ensure uh, ensure the safety of uh, of aircraft, the privacy of people, the mm -hmm. safety of prisons, etc. And a number of companies are actually working on uh, on basically uh, uh, removing uh, access um, from from drones to to those different areas where you don't want to see them. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And you know what about Switzerland uh, and drones? So there was the uh, drone day or like the uh, organized at the EPFL yeah. in um, in uh, October or September I don't know when exactly but um, so what do you think um, do you think Switzerland is is well known for making drones uh, definitely yeah on mm -hmm. um, it's 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 one of the one of the big hubs where yes. a lot of companies are uh, started and are and are succeeding um, it's uh, it's pretty interesting to see, and it's uh, it's a very positive dynamic. Um, comes from uh, you know some early successes from good universities that were focusing on on, on those topics mm -hmm. uh, at the right time, uh, and then there's a very positive emulation between companies and and, uh, and and showing you know students that there are 
success mm -hmm. stories there, uh, in turn attracting investors and and giving uh, giving uh, legitimacy to uh, to yeah. to you know being here to to do this the, to build drones and to do this to conduct and this type of business. In which other countries is like uh, making drones a, a big thing? Um. So. If you uh, if you look at the market share, uh, yeah. I mean, one uh, uh, and especially in the consumer space, one player is really taking the, the lion's share, and uh, and uh, it's a Chinese uh, it's a Chinese company. So uh, um, China definitely uh, has been, in addition to to uh, to having this this capability of building cheap things, they've been really innovators in the space, and they've mm -hmm. really moved the uh, uh, products forward and built uh, built the the biggest and uh, um, the, one of the most advanced joint company in the world uh, in, in in China and it wasn't a wasn't a European copy at all it was something that they really built uh, okay. out of university projects so uh, that's that's pretty interesting to see um, and then there's there's activity here in Switzerland there's activity uh, in in different uh, places in Europe France was uh, was fairly uh, fairly uh, advanced at some mm -hmm. point um, but also, uh, yeah, also in the U.S. and Israel, I would say that okay. that's kind of where, where where things happen. But I think the concentration in a pretty small area like we have in Switzerland is is, uh, is unique, to my knowledge. Okay, and uh, so did you go to the uh, CCS in uh, Las Vegas? So I personally did not mm -hmm. go myself, um, but uh, we were uh, um, together with uh, Présence Suisse indeed yeah. at uh, at um, at CES and. Uh, our our drones were were flying under yeah. Swiss uh, <laughs> under Swiss pavilion there. Mm -hmm. And so, how was it? Like, did you hear anything back? Well, CES is a huge networking opportunity um, because pretty much the, the who's who of the tech industry uh, worldwide is 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 around there. So, depending on where you know where your company is and what it's trying to do, uh, it's a uh, it's uh, a yearly opportunity to to connect with the right people. Uh, for us, it's not a place to conduct business. Properly speaking, um, and that's that's not where our target customers usually uh, are. So it's more an event for for visibility yes, and for okay. networking. Mm -hmm. I see. And so, in terms of you know moving back to you know your drones, uh, so what is the difference between uh, Helios, which is I think is the name of your drone, and uh, Gumball? Is it yeah, the same? Gim yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. Gimbal. Gimbal yeah. was Gimbal, the yeah. original. It was kind of the research project name back when it was a, uh, a oh. PhD thesis. Mm -hmm. um, it's uh, and it was yeah, it was the name of the project. And oh, okay, it's evolved into a commercial name. I mean, it's the same. It's yeah, basically the name of the very very first prototype <laughs> versus the name of the product when it uh, uh, when it launched. Okay, okay, and so. Um, you say that Ilios now is the name of the product, right? If, if, yeah. Correct. Yeah. Yes. So, you say that it's more a robot than uh, a drone. So, can you explain why? Yeah, yeah the difference. I think it's it's uh, sometimes a bit of, of semantics as well, and mm -hmm. what people attach to the different things. I think we're as as I said, as we're we're really creating a market and building a tool that was used fairly differently and with very different features from what's being done outdoors. Mm -hmm. uh, so examples, you know, you need to fly in completely dark places, you don't have GPS, uh, you mostly need to look up rather than looking down because you're, you're not, you know, in the sky looking at something on the ground, you're often inside a place and looking around you, uh, looking at ceilings, etc. Um, so there are, there are a lot of difference and uh, we, we, it's important for us to differentiate from uh, from the specs of an outdoor drone because not the same things are important. Yes. You, know, you don't really care about the speed indoors. I mean, it doesn't make sense to go very far, very fast. You're anyway confined inside a inside a building. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But it's the way that the the range of your signal is very important. But it's calculated very differently if you're indoors, beyond line of sight, and mm -hmm. the signal has to you know bounce on different obstacles until it gets to the drone versus you know purely uh, a visual line of sight type of flight where where it's uh, it's um, um, yeah, yeah, it's much more direct, which is which is what is is going on in the in the outdoor space. So mm -hmm. uh, there is, I think, this uh, differentiation from drone and this uh, getting closer to the mark the existing market of of inspection robotics, 
um, that is more defined as robots, and that was uh, that was originally not flying. It was mostly ground things, mechanic yeah, robots, okay. crawlers, going inside pipes, climbing on walls, things like that. Okay. But I think that that's where it comes from. But it's not it's not a strong statement that we're that is defining our <laughs> business. I would say, but it's true that we used the, ro the the word robot a lot more than drone in the early days, especially. And so. Um... Do you have any other products that you are, like any other drones that you are developing? Do you have different types of drones or is it one? So yeah. right now we have one, we have one product uh, out, uh, industrialized and in the hand of customers, but we're, uh, we're developing a lot of new things all the time uh, that we're testing with, with customers and mm -hmm. uh, Yeah, hopefully we'll be able to uh, uh, to, to release an, another product uh, um, before the end of this year. Okay, cool. And so you know, when you were like first building uh, the the drone, the first drone, where did you test the drone? You know, because you say it's indoor, and uh, did you have a, a customer or like someone that helped you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. We really shaped shaped our product with the help of our first customers. Mm -hmm. uh, so um, there were customers uh, doing a, a bridge inspection, customers with uh, thermal power plants. Uh, tanks and we spent we spent a lot of time on the field and testing those machines and uh, and, and, and iterating on the product so from the prototype we had in 2014 to the product we launched in 2016 mm -hmm. um, it was it was just iterative testing and uh, and improvement um, and now with with, uh, with all our, our research and development projects we have a small team of customers Um, that we uh, we've been working with for a long time, and uh, that we can with whom we can we can work to to indeed test in different environments. So they have their sometimes inspection companies and sometimes asset owners, mm -hmm. uh, and um, and we can uh, we can give them prototype and say yeah, have, mm -hmm. have a look at that and, and and give us some feedback. And this is this is how we how we how we currently work. Very cool. Okay, so you said you 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 sold your first uh, product in 2016, and um, I read online that in 2016 you sold approximately 200 uh, drones, if I'm correct, and that then in 2017 you had a 200% growth. I'm uh, not sure those numbers are completely accurate. Okay. Honestly, yeah, I read it in um, an article <laughs> online. Yeah. yeah um, I mean, definitely, we, we, we started selling in 2016. That's where we started really making a, um, um, a turnover. We passed the, the million-dollar mark. We, we didn't sell 200 drones back okay. in those days. Uh, yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, since then we've we've grown uh, we've grown a lot indeed. Uh, mm -hmm. I mean, when you when you start low, it's easy to do a thousand percent growth. What we did uh, from <laughs> 2016 to uh, 2015 to 2016. Uh, now growth numbers are uh, are uh, are still impressive, but uh, not. Uh, Not um, obviously not a thousand percent anymore. Yeah. No, yeah, okay, I see. And so, um, so you know, if we think of building one drone, so how long does it take to build or like to create one drone, and what are the skills needed to um, build a, a drone? So, um Is is the is the discussion more about like the designing of the first one or the the manufacturing? Not of the one? manufacturing yeah. of one. Yeah. So manufacturing, we do it in Lausanne. Uh, we do it here in a, in our in our offices. Um, basically, we have a range of suppliers that that you know pre-assemble and uh, and uh, uh, prepare some sub-assemblies that we do the final assembly and testing here. Okay. Um, it takes um, it takes probably about 10 hours, uh, including all the testing, uh, the assembly, uh, and uh, and uh, the, the packaging of uh, of, uh, of each machine. It's very important that we very thoroughly test the drones. We have uh, automated testing uh, testing rooms where we can just here, place the here drones. Here in this building? Yeah, in okay. this building where where we can uh, where where um, you know, they, they they go through uh, they go through hell and we make sure that uh, <laughs> that they uh, uh, that they're ready for you know shipping to our um, to our customers. That's the most like time-consuming task we have and that we we, we, we don't want to uh, to outsource because that's a, the, the, our quality basically yes. uh, uh, system. And, and so um, in terms of the people who are then you know assembling the drones and testing them is it like a specific team or how, yeah, how, we, how are you organized you know because now you are a team of, of 70 people so correct yeah yeah no so we have a we have a manufacturing team Uh, right. Okay. That is really focused on on assembling those machines and uh, 
uh, and testing them. So it starts with uh, it starts with uh, with supply, where uh, all the all the negotiation with the with the different suppliers, making sure we we keep the, the right level of inventory because the, the lead time for the different parts can be can be hugely different. Um, um, and it's very difficult for for um, a startup to manage that because uh, you need to know in advance. Uh, sometimes you know four or five months in advance uh, what your what your production needs will be. Uh, mm -hmm. Otherwise, you will not be able to to get the parts in time. Um, and then we have we have people who are on the on the uh, assembly line. I would say so. It's not it's not much of a you know a, a chain assembly uh, like you would uh, you would uh, you would see in a more uh, uh, high volume type of uh, of industry. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's um, um, it's uh, uh, lines of of desks with different uh, different uh, um, material, different mm -hmm. pop, uh, like points of of, uh, of assembly. Mm -hmm. And this team is mostly people coming from the machine industry, and that that's where you know there's there's quite a bit of talent in, in Switzerland of mm -hmm. people who work either in uh, in the uh, watchmaking industry or other other industrial uh, um, tools and machines. Um, so yeah, we we are able to source those uh, those talents. We also collaborate with a lot of the schools around, such as the ETML around, which quite a um, uh, skilled people who who work and um, who require internships. So we, we we often start with those type of uh, uh, of interns uh, until uh, until we um, get them as full time employees. Yes. Okay. And to so all the thermal and um, and the visual uh, parts of the drone, they are already built there. Yeah. yeah we don't. Yeah. Obviously, we don't. We don't manufacture cameras per se. We don't mm -hmm. manufacture batteries. We don't manufacture motors. Mm -hmm. Um, all the, the electronic boards are, mm -hmm. are, are manufactured by uh, by a um, dedicated type of supplier. Mm -hmm. uh, even though all the all the designs are original and uh, and we uh, um, we basically make to order, but uh, we don't uh, we don't have the heavy manufacturing equipment. It's, right. it's again mostly mostly assembly. Okay, I see. And in terms of engineers that you have at Flyability, so. Yeah. Which kind of engineers do you have then? Yeah. Um, so that's the beauty of robotics. It's mm -hmm. a mix of a lot of things together. Um, so we have people working on uh, on um, really aerodynamics and uh, uh, propulsion. A lot of mechanical engineers, electrical engineers, uh, software engineers, uh, automation people. So I mean, it's it's. Um, uh, we have about about 30, 35 engineers uh, in the company, mm -hmm. uh, coming from the, the the best schools around the world. So we're very proud of this uh, uh, of this team. And we need so many people, indeed, because as we push the the boundaries, we really need specialists in pretty much all, all of the fields um, that we um, that we tackle. So it's a uh, it's a uh, it's a uh, it's a big it's a big <laughs> challenge. And with the market coming from. Uh, well, I can build an innovative product with some, you know, few parts that I buy online. Mm -hmm. and that was the beginning of the drone industry, where uh, you can really invent new things with uh, with a few parts uh, of the internet now, which requires uh, a lot more uh, um, knowledge and specific um, skills yeah. and expertise mm -hmm. to be able to uh, to to do something uh, better than what's already available off the shelf. Mm -hmm. And so, is all your team? Everyone is based here in Lausanne, or? Yes, mostly. Um, the commercial team is uh, is very much on the move. So uh, they have a they have their uh, port of call here, but they spend most of their times uh, traveling in their different regions where they are active. Mm -hmm. And we have a, a broad reseller network across the world that is uh, our uh, trainers, uh, our commercial partners, uh, maintenance uh, uh, service centers, etc., etc., and uh, we have about thirty of them around the around the world. Okay, I see. One drone costs uh, approximately twenty five thousand francs, if if I'm being correct. Yeah, that's yeah, roughly a good ballpark. We also run them. We also do service. So right. The, this, okay. I, I'd say the commercial offering really adapts to how the customer is going to is going to use the product. But, okay. Uh, but the, the ballpark figure for purchase of a full system with all the training, accessories, etc., is, is roughly that, yeah. So compared to other robots in the um, industrial inspection space, is 25,000 uh, Swiss francs expensive or is it really, really okay? No, it's, yeah. a, it's a different yeah. question because yeah. you have very specialized tools that mm -hmm. are like you have robots that are north of half a million dollars mm -hmm. uh, for uh, 
for some very specific inspections. Uh, if you go to a, a consumer drone, that in, in in a lot of cases, you know, you can you can do uh, a quite a lot of job with a, with a um, fifteen hundred dollar drone that mm -hmm. you can buy at uh, at any electronics shop. Uh, so is it expensive? Uh, you know, it's it's somewhere between the two. I think it all has. As we're doing B2B, it all has to do with the value you deliver. Uh, and um, a huge majority of our customers are see a return on, of investment on, on, uh, uh, in, in a very, very short amount of time, mm -hmm. provided that you know, they have a problem that, that we're able to solve. Um, mm -hmm. Which is usually the case when they when they when they make a purchase. Uh, as I said, you know, um, I was talking about those customers uh, saving uh, uh, a couple yeah. million dollars over two days. Uh, those those people don't hesitate building a fleet out of our products to to be ready for the next uh, the next time those type of situation occur. Mm -hmm. um, now, um, obviously, some it's we're still in in a phase of the market where we're focusing on expensive problems mm -hmm. and on big problems right. uh, as the time goes and as as the it will become more and more a market standard the mm -hmm. volume will grow uh, uh, certainly we'll look at uh, um, probably uh, some uh, some uh, a decrease of the of, of the prices of the the product that are built in volume very much general purpose whereas all the products that are really uh, solving those big problems will, will evolve will uh, uh, I'd say go uh, more specific inside mm -hmm. the, the needs of this particular industry, and will continue to be to be high value, uh, low volume products. So okay. we'll, we'll probably see a segmentation. Uh, I'm not speaking for for necessarily flyability, but for the the whole space in uh, in general between the professional and consumer uh, mm -hmm. product, high volume versus low volume type of products. So okay, great. So in in terms of you know market expansions and what are your plans for for this year? Do you wish to enter a new market or focus on the markets that you are already in? Um, yeah, indeed. I think what what we want to do this year is really work on uh, scaling up in our existing markets mm -hmm. where we have already demonstrated our strength. Um, a lot of we we get new use cases, new ideas, new markets uh, uh, pretty much every week. Uh, we explore those together with the uh, uh, with those early adopters in those markets that say, "Hey, I see that you're doing this in power generation. I might have a similar problem for for my industry in uh, you know things like forestry, where they need to sometimes you know, have a look inside up trees, and it requires climbing on trees, and it's also <laughs> a, a dangerous and complex process. We would never have thought about this use case as we uh, as as we started the company. So we're not we're definitely continuing to explore and 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 continuing to see where we can deliver value. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, most of our most of our growth this year is, is expected to come from the markets we have already identified. Okay, cool. And in terms of your team expansion, so do you are you still hiring a lot or? Yes, we are mm -hmm. at a at a lower pace than we were before uh, for <laughs> our own sake because obviously we went from uh, yeah from two to seventy five in uh, in less than four years. Yeah. So that was a uh, um, you know those hyper growth type of phases are. Are very difficult to manage in terms of uh, of uh, culture of, of organization. So hopefully this year, uh, although we will we're still going to uh, to have uh, um, um, pretty aggressive hires. I think that the change in percentage obviously is going to be much lower than what it was the previous uh, the previous years. So for which team are you recruiting everyone or um, who are you looking for basically? In yeah, we're looking for for a number of different profiles. So. Um, obviously, as production scales up, we need a, we need a few people. Uh, we need a few people there, uh, and also, you know, helping us uh, uh, increase the forever increase the, the maturity of our quality systems, of the way we uh, uh, we, we deliver reliability. Um, as we identify new technology uh, avenues, we also need specialized engineers in those different fields. Um, so we have a few positions open in this domain as well, mm -hmm. and um, and uh, the, um, uh, the the sales and marketing team as well is uh, is uh, is growing with the number of customers. So yeah, this is a little bit of <laughs> a little bit of everywhere this, this year indeed. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Okay. So thank you. Moving on and uh, to finish with, so we've um, Switzerland and startups. So here I'm in your offices and you know you very successful startup. To you know you have like you said you went from two to seventy five people in in four years, so, which is quite impressive. And you started by being a spin off of the uh, EPFL, right? 
Yeah, yeah. correct. So what are the, your thoughts on uh, Swiss startups and the support of, you know, the ecosystem around those startups? Well, I think there is, um, you know, what, what makes a good, uh, a good ecosystem is, um, is uh, I would say, uh, a, in a way, role models and uh, previous success stories on which we, uh, um, you know, from which we learn a lot. Uh, it's very difficult when you're uh, when you're uh, uh, alone with your with your problems. I think in Switzerland, uh, uh, both the uh, the canton and the uh, confederation uh, were able to put together a lot of support programs, bringing together entrepreneurs, uh, financing the the early stages, uh, the very early stages, uh, obviously. Yeah. I think it's not the government's task to to to, to provide financing uh, past those those initial steps, but um, uh, this is this is all working uh, work uh, pretty well, uh, mm -hmm. I believe. Um, now, obviously, uh, uh, the startups representing an increasing amount of jobs. Uh, it also requires uh, some changes in the in the regulations, and it's 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 pretty difficult as well to uh, um, to work with the. Uh, the, the tax regulations, the uh, and the very different way that, uh, that 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 startups do operate in their first years, and um, be fair to both, uh, you know, established SMEs and and those young starting businesses that live in a in a in a bit of a different world in terms of, of how they are financed, of how fast they grow, mm -hmm. um, and of all the the investment that they uh, that they, that requires to be done to for them to grow. So when you started, did you have like a, a role model or like a role, uh, like a, someone you, like a startup I, you were looking up to? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Well, not not necessarily one because mm -hmm. I, I think it's uh, it, it was very important for us to look at, uh, at different ways people have been able to to succeed. Mm -hmm. uh, definitely, I think the the. Uh, uh, the role models that have played a big role in the uh, in the development of this uh, drone ecosystem, at least, was uh, SenseFly and Pix4D uh, in Lausanne. So both CPFL spin-off, uh, building respectively hardware and software for drone that had a huge growth, and that were definitely, I think, uh, uh, the 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 first ones that started this virtual circle of. Uh, of inspiration of uh, well you know they did it so why not why not trying and um, uh, hopefully we can uh, uh, we can continue this uh, this virtuous circle as we uh, uh, <laughs> as we have more and more of those of those success stories. Do you mentor some younger startups now? Um, yeah, we're we're um, participating as uh, we're trying to 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 give back to the the um, uh, those organization that gave us quite a lot of. Uh, of mentoring, of uh, of of information as we as we started. So uh, either the the PFL and uh, everything they're doing with the Innovation Park, uh, Venture Kick, uh, um, the uh, Innosuis. I mean, all the, all those organizations, when, whenever possible, we're trying to to share our experience. But I mean, again, we started four years ago. Uh, we probably have more questions than we had when we started. So uh, <laughs> we can we can share our pain. Um, and uh, and this is very uh, very valuable, um, but uh, we don't think we're legitimate to uh, to give lectures at this point. Uh, um, <laughs> no, we're yeah, still we're still still learning more. Than, uh, and so, do you like do you think that entrepreneurs or like you know early stage startups should take you know take part in all the competitions and programs that you took part in or because um, it's mean, a huge involvement in time as well or there is yeah. an involvement in time and mm. there's uh, basically uh, there's a cost of opportunity um at, it really depends how the company needs to develop mm -hmm. uh, at some point if you need to if you need to uh, uh, to raise uh, to raise funds uh, you need to build credibility you build credibility by having um, a strong team by having some traction from customers and all the competition and the visibility in the newspaper mm -hmm. and everything is is another point of credibility that is not uh, that is not a sufficient one, uh, but that is helping. So, in if if uh, if you need to raise funds, you need to have this sort of of, of legitimacy of uh, uh, you know this is not a weird call in a completely unknown team that I'm making, but. You know they're 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 pushed forward as one of the uh, uh, one of the successful and promising companies. Uh, it helps a lot. So um, I think the recommendation is the, is to to always uh, balance 
this the time you spend uh, developing your your market and getting customers with the time spent in uh, in competition because uh, doing competition is not a proof of anything uh, but it's also something that will help you develop uh, um, yeah in terms of credibility mm -hmm. okay and so what are the you know comp if we, we compare the canton de Vaux with other cantons in uh, Switzerland what would you say because now I, you know you, yeah, yeah I don't like too much the little internal competition that okay. we've got going uh, yeah. in and there's in the Switzerland is structured such as indeed a lot of things are are, are based on a Canton basis, yeah. so uh, they're like, oh, we our startups raise more money than the yeah. other cantons. I, I, you know, this is uh, um, yeah. in in our reality of a, of a global market, it's fairly irrelevant. Uh, what's very valuable is the fact that um, you know, as we said, like discussing with other entrepreneurs and sharing our problems, which is something that is very well organized in the Canton Vaux, and through the the Scale Up Vaux initiative, notably, mm -hmm. uh, this is really a, a very very valuable. Um, Thing where all the, the startups that have reached need is kind of a scale-up stage or get together and, and share their pain. Um, this needs to be done on a local level because yes. uh, we cannot travel to uh, to, uh, to Zurich uh, to have a two-hour meeting. Uh, um, it's, uh, it's just inefficient. Mm -hmm. So um, it's uh, it's great that we have a, a, a canton per canton organization, but mm -hmm. then I don't think it's an it's a it's a competition. No, no, I agree. Yeah, okay. And so if you just have to say, you know, two pains that you are seeing in terms of you know being a scale up, as you were talking about, things that could be improved for startups and scales up, scale ups. Okay, so things mm -hmm. that the, the the government or the mm -hmm. uh, could uh, could do better. So I think the pain points. Um, there is definitely uh, one big pain point around uh, around taxes, just because the tax code is not made for for um, uh, employee stock option plans. Um, and I mean, this is something that the government is aware of and, and and working on. And so we're we're looking towards a, a, a I think a, a more positive. Um, way of working but all of a sudden you know you, you do a fundraising you can as a founder uh, be completely broke but have a theoretical huge fortune in, in shares of your company that you that are, you know, cannot be sold and that are virtually worth million virtually worth zero mm -hmm. uh, and, and this is a bit difficult and and the biggest enemy is is, is unknowns it, it scares investors a lot and uh, uh, and it can it can really slow us down if, if there's not a clear rule about you know what how, how, how those things are, are, are managed so I think this is one of the one of the important uh, um, pain points that uh, that need to be uh, that need to be addressed mm -hmm. and, uh, and solved okay cool so um, you know in terms of how you are like finance so are you now fully uh, financing yourself I would say with all the you know revenue based uh, model or do you have uh, investors still, or how how does it work? Uh, yes, we, yeah. we we raised the uh, um, about 10, 10 million Swiss francs mm -hmm. Series B um, uh, last year. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, it's a constant it's a constant evaluation of uh, should we should we go faster and invest at a loss, or should we uh, should we uh, mature with the market? So we're constantly evaluating this uh, this uh, this strategy. Mm -hmm. uh, right now, the market is growing fast. There's a lot of exciting new technologies. We have a customer base with very well identified needs, towards which we're, we're working for to you know building building solutions that is going to help scale even more. So we're still in a phase where we're investing more than uh, we are um, than our revenues uh, in order to 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 grow faster mm -hmm. and to. Uh, um, yeah, to, to further scale in the in the coming years, but it's it's you know it's a it's a it's a choice. Uh, it's uh, um, how many how much uh, how much effort you put in uh, in in uh, marketing and R and D and in, in long term project versus mm -hmm. uh, uh, running the day to day. Okay, so what's your goal? You know, in uh, two years or five years time for flyability. No, I think it's it's really about. Uh, um, Climbing this this bell curve of adoption and, and going from tools that are being used originally by completely uh, crazy visionaries and then by <laughs> some early adopters uh, uh, to to really uh, becoming the standard because mm. the, the value that is being delivered is uh, uh, is now uh, is now proved so it's about uh, uh, about making these industries uh, uh, evolve towards uh, towards having 
standard procedures based on, on, on robotic inspection rather than, uh, than human inspection for those expensive and dangerous uh, tasks. Um, and, uh, and this is what we're starting to, starting to do. Mm -hmm. Cool. So just to finish with, so what is the, you know, what is the life of, uh, of a CEO like you? Um, it's, it's interesting because it's, uh, there's no such thing as, I think, the, the role of, uh, of, of CEO that could be defined in a few bullet points. No. Uh, when we were two people, it was very, very different from what it is today. So one of the tasks of the CEO, at least, is uh, to try to understand where what his role should be and, uh, and, and indeed evolve what, what his day-to-day -day is. Um, in the early phases, you're doing, uh, you're doing everything. Uh, you're, uh, you're uh, cleaning the fridge and, uh, <laughs> and uh, trying to, uh, to make it so uh, the, the, there's a, a livable office for your team. Fundraising definitely is typically one of the very important activities, making sure that the team has the, the means to, uh, to realize the, and to, to execute on the, on, on the strategy. Um, you need to spend a lot of time of, with customers, uh, especially in the, in the early days. Um, at some point, you also need to let it go because it's a very, uh, it needs a lot of attention and, uh, and uh, your role is not to be too much in the, in the day to day. Otherwise, you, you kind of lose the perspective on, on, on things and your biggest problem of the day becomes this shipping that is stuck at customs and, and you should probably have a team that focuses on, on solving those <laughs> problems um, because nobody is going to solve the, 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 the strategic uh, uh, ones and the, the, the high-level ones. So uh, it's forever changing and uh, I always feel like you're a bit late and okay, now that's what I'm doing today. I should, I should, I should now move to something else and, uh, and, uh, and, and reorganize the team to make sure that, that those domains are, are covered. It's very interesting, but that's also what makes it very interesting, I'd say. Okay. So what makes uh, flyability unique? I'm... That's the last question. So, uh, I mean, yeah. what makes us unique, I think the... Uh, uh, what first made us unique is the um, is the, the targeting we chose and the, the problem we chose to solve, uh, the technology we used to solve it, uh, um, all the patents filed there, um, and now it's... Um, no, it's it, it's more and more more and more the process of how we solve problem, how we develop new products, uh, how we can build on on top of, of our customers' mm -hmm. experience to develop new product that is going to uh, to be our uh, our uh, our USP as we grow. Yeah. Okay, great. Well, thank you very much, Patrick. It was really nice uh, talking to you. Sure, thank you. very much for your time and for listening to this episode. I invite you to share this podcast and to also listen to our other episodes available on your favorite podcast player. Bye!